0: This is the non-microwave truth, and I am CL Whiteside. Sorry, folks, got a special guest, and it's not you. It's the lead speaker of Time of Grace, Mike Novotny. So, some of you may know Mike, some of you may not. Mike, who are you? Tell the people who you are.
1: Oh, man, yeah, so I'm a, ah, uh, I'm like, I'm a middle-aged guy who lives. Near Green Bay, Wisconsin. My daughters like to count how many wrinkles have appeared on my face and the gray hairs <laughs> that they give me. <laughs> yeah, I'm some of the lead speaker for Time of Grace. I'm a pastor here at a church. It's actually in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, soccer player, distance runner. I once attempted to be a hip hop dancer, which did not turn <laughs> out great for me. <laughs> so yeah, I get to do some pretty cool ministry. Spend about half my time kind of being a a local pastor, and half my time making videos, writing books like this one, uh, kind of reaching people across the country and around the world with the good news of Jesus.
0: Mike, have you tried hitting the gritty?
1: The gritty? <laughs> no, yeah. this, is, this is new for me. Is this a dance move?
0: Yep, you got to ask your daughters about it, I guess.
1: Hitting the gr- I'm writing this down right now. You're going to make me the, the coolest dad they've ever had.
0: Or are they just going to be like, dad, stop.
1: <laughs> that is much, much more likely.
0: All right. Now, since I got him here and he's writing a book, We got to go straight to our first world problem question today. And that first world problem question is, what is your favorite Christian book? And I want you to think about this. If Jesus was here today, do you think he would read Christian books? So, Mike, I'm going to let you go ahead and start this off with what is your favorite Christian book? And do you think that Jesus would read that book?
1: Ooh, that's a fair question. You you can throw a flag on me if you don't think this is a legit answer, but here, I was thinking about your question and my answer is my favorite Christian book is the non-microwaved Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, keep going. What are you talking about?
1: I like this flattery, I figured would be the best way to (laughs) to start the conversation. You know, the Bible obviously is the the best book, but um, do you have this experience that when you try to just like read the Bible you know, check the box, do a devotion, whatever, it, it really doesn't do much for your heart or your soul.
0: Yeah. From time to time. Yeah. I use it usually has to be sparked by like hearing a sermon or having a conversation with someone and then wanting to dive into it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, like the first time I read it, if I just like, well, I'm going to read chapter one, I I, I barely get anything out of it. But when I like non-microwave it, like slow down Mm-hmm. Let it simmer. Think about it. Read it a second time. Kind of chew on it a little bit. Oh, like that's when really amazing things kind of jump off the page at me. Yep. So I'm gonna be dodging your question, but I, I never, I'm not, it, never I'm not gonna let you off the hook that easily.
0: <laughs> Give me something else, though. Give me another favorite book that's oh, not the
1: Bible. So it's not a, I don't, the, not technically a Christian book, but I have been super blessed, and I recommend it to everyone. The finders personality test. You know about ah, that? Yep. Yes, it's got, the book is Finders 2.0. And I think about that for myself, for my wife, for my coworkers, for my kids, like just understanding how we're made, how we're wired, how we're different, like what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, mm-hmm. what my wife's going to like knock it out of the park and what she's never going to be able to do well. Like that is so practically helpful for me. That, that's a book besides the Bible that on the daily I put into practice and it blesses me.
0: What um what big aha did you get from your strength finder?
1: Ooh. Uh <laughs> on both sides of it. Like, so I have learner and input. Mm-hmm. If people are listening, if they've heard that, it means I'm just a sponge for information. So why do I love podcasts? Why do I love documentaries? Why do I just keep reading the Bible and like studying little parts of it? I love going through, like, you know, how many times does God say something like kind of get in your face? How many times is he super tender? Like, I'll just read through with highlighters and make lists and like super nerd out in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's fun for me. And I love sharing that with people, like kind of next level deep insights. And then at the bottom of my strings finder is deliberative and empathy. So, like, figuring out complex problems or relating to people's emotions. It just, once I took the test, I'm like, oh, that's that's why I suck at counseling. <laughs> like people have some messy like relationship situation and they, they can't figure it out. It's in my brain is like, uh, like uh, do you want a Bible passage about <laughs> you know fill in the yeah, blank? Like, you know, so it just it just helped me know okay I'm great at this uniquely great at this and this stuff I got to find someone else to help because I'm never even going to be good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about you? Now my favorite too would be
0: the shack. Ooh, okay. Because how God was portrayed in that was completely different. And the problem in that book with his daughter coming up missing mm. is a problem that a lot of people struggle with is why would God allow this bad thing to happen? Or why does God allow evil? So I thought that book was very practical and yeah. a, a question a lot of people struggle with. And then the second one might be, um, and it's probably between the prodigal God and the screw tape letters just because the screw tape letters are so fascinating because dude is talking like a demon yeah trying to encourage other demons have you read either one of those
1: i have yeah all of those yeah
0: then the prodigal guy just is like all of us christians who think we're doing such a good job it's like man we actually are that that other son that son we probably think a little too highly of ourselves so that was very humbling for me and make sure i like i need to show some humility So The Prodigal God, written by Tim Keller. We've all heard about the story of the prodigal son, and we usually focus on the son who went out partying, losing all his money. But there was a son who stayed home. And the son who stayed home, I think, is a lot of us Christians, because sometimes we look at God and we say, God, don't you see I'm doing everything right? Why don't you bless me in the way that I want to be blessed? So that book was just powerful to me because I looked at it and I was like, man, sometimes I'm just like the son who stayed home. And sometimes we don't love God. We more so do things to try to get something out of him. Like he's our genie and God's not a genie. We need to have a relationship with him. And I just thought in that book, it really pointed out how that son wanted to control the father and the father's plan. The screw tape Letters written by C.S. Lewis is fascinating to me because he literally has an interaction between two demons. Like he has that one demon who's writing to his nephew demon and trying to teach him how to trick us Christians into falling into all the different traps. And it was just fascinating. Like, why did he pick two different demons? But it's like that conversation, do demons really try to coach each other up to trapping us Christians into slipping up? Like, how do you think that works, Mike? Ooh.
1: Yeah, it makes sense to me. The Bible talks about spiritual warfare. Angels are real. Demons are real. Traps, deception, lies, masquerading, like that. Yeah, that book. That book just made me think. Like, it's no joke. It's not just like happenstance that you feel tempted or you're facing some battle or challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, just like God has a plan, man. The ones who hate God have a plan too. So, yeah, probably. And what made that
0: eye opening for me too is. A lot of the things weren't really bad that he was taking and using as traps, but mm-hmm. he made the person get fixated on it. And that's how it became bad. Because all of a sudden they started placing it over God and placing it over God's word. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, that's, that's usually how it works. Because most that's people it. don't think like, hey, I'm messing with the devil or I'm messing with a demon. They think that they're doing something
1: good. Yeah, it's an awesome point. I know we're going to talk about this later today, but part of the book that I wrote is about that, where we get so caught up in things that aren't bad. There's just, there are other things that get in the way of the most important thing. And that's a bad thing.
0: With this first world problem, we'll wrap this up. Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is Champion Life 23 Our first world problem is what is your favorite Christian book? And do you think Jesus would read that? Oh, we didn't answer that, Mike. Ooh. Do you think Jesus would read the Strength Finder? Like, do you think he would read that? <laughs> or, or take it the Strength Finder test?
1: Oh, man. Maybe he would do audiobooks. He was walking around a lot. So maybe he'd pop the airpods in and yeah binge them i is it self-serving is it like hey here's another book about me
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i pictured him being a major author too because his parables were oh his beautiful descriptions and just writings right there but i don't know yeah that's our first word problem boom it is dinner time title of this episode today is What's Big Starts Small. You're like, how did you come up with that title? Well, guess what? We are interviewing today Mike Novotny, who's the author of this book. And the first question I got to start off with, how how did you come up with this title?
1: Hmm. Yeah. What's Big Starts Small. So the the book itself, it uh, (laughs) took me a lot of pages, but the whole book is about that little story Jesus told that we call the parable of the sower. So, if you've read the New Testament, you know, Jesus would always tell these stories to help us understand spiritual things. So, the parable of the sower, if you've never read it, is where Jesus said this guy goes out to sow seed. And some falls on this hard path, and the birds snatch it up before it does anything. Some of it falls on this rocky soil, and it it springs up really quickly. But then the hot sun comes out, and it withers it because it doesn't have any roots. Other seed falls what looks like good soil, but it turns out there's a lot of weeds going on and the weeds kind of compete, suck up the nutrients. And so the seed never gets really mature, or fruitful. And then Jesus has this amazing line where it says, but some seed falls on good soil and it doesn't just produce like, you know, a little bit of crop. He says, no, it produces 30 or 60 or a hundred times what was sown, like exponentially more than what you started with that's where that little seed starts. And then, this is my favorite part about the parable, is that instead of just saying amen, Jesus explains it. And so much of what I've done in the book is just taken Jesus' explanation for each part. Like what what does the hard path mean or what's the hot sun mean or what does it mean to get like choked out and be too busy for the word or what does it mean to be super fruitful 30 60 100 times. So this is one of the really cool stories that Jesus told that he also explained. And that's what The Parable of the Sower, and my book, What's Big Start Small, is all about.
0: So, Mike, when does the book come out,
1: and how do people get a copy? Oh, at June 14th, 2022. So that's the launch date. And you can check it out right now on Amazon. They have pre-orders all ready to go. Or if you hear this episode after it releases, Amazon.com is the fastest and best way to get it. Um, Did you know, CL, Jesus told, I think, 30 different parables in the Gospels, and the parable of the sower gets more words than any other story he told.
0: No, I did not know that. I did yeah. not know it was 30, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, like the prodigal son, that's great. The lost sheep, that's amazing. The parable of the sower, it shows up in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. It gets more words than any story Jesus told. And that's where I got the kind of the hook for this book. What's, what's big starts small. Kind of picks up on this fact that Jesus said, when you hear the word of God, like listening to a non-microwave truth podcast, you're dropping in scripture, I'm preaching a sermon, I'm opening up the Bible, you're listening to Christian radio or having a conversation. Like when you hear the word of God, it's like this little small seed. And the fact that Jesus said that, the the more I thought about it, is the most exciting and kind of the most terrifying thing that he ever said. Mm -hmm. Because a seed, I mean, you think, if you had never seen a seed grow before, would you even believe like this, like five millimeter thing would grow into a huge plant, produce yeah. all this fruit? Like it's insane how fast a tiny thing can grow into something bigger than you'd believe. And yeah, because it really is that small. It, it yeah, you could step. You could forget. I, I literally, I was doing a, a presentation at a Christian conference once on this book. And I put a single seed on the chair of uh, every chair in the whole ballroom. And then the guys came in and they sat down at this men's conference and I'm teaching for all, I'm like, Hey, did anyone notice anything on your chair? Not a single guy knew he was sitting literally on a seat. It was so small that you could just miss it that easily. Hmm. Right. So the premise of the book is, you know, God's word, it, it might seem small, but it can grow into something like life-changing for you. Like one sermon. One Christian song, one book that you read, you don't have to memorize the whole Bible. Just a little scripture can do big things in your life. But the flip side of it is seeds are so small, guess what can happen? You can sit on them. Yeah. Bird can snatch it up before it produces anything. Weeds can choke it out.
0: In your book, in the book, do you get at things that choke it up or swallow up the seed or not allow the seed to blossom?
1: Yeah. See all that is what the whole book is about. Okay, So it's kind of about the, the, the title of it was going to be before we, we made it a little bit more positive. The title was going to be six threats to great faith. And I'm just walking through the things that Jesus said, Hey, before that seed turns into something great, here's the six things that can happen to it. Devil can snatch it up. Gotcha. Okay. Son of persecution can wither it up a busy life. You're chasing money. You're too busy with other things. It gets choked out, doesn't grow, but some seed actually survives all the threats and what's small turns into something really big.
0: So this definitely sounds like a book that's not just for beginners, but also for people that would consider themselves veteran Christians. Spot so this on. this hits all of it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends from Time of Grace said, uh, he read the book and he said, this isn't the book you want. This is the book you need.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: that one section, especially about getting choked out, is it's not like I'm bailing on Jesus or I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's just that you're hearing the word. It's not like you're skipping church or not reading your Bible, but it's just you're so busy with life and work and scrolling and watching and playing and sports and apps and shows that God's word doesn't have space to kind of grow into something big. So it just kind of gets stunted yep. and you're kind of immature and you never become a great Christian because of it.
0: Yeah, you can get to going through the motions. Yeah. It's going but, through emotions.
1: That's totally it. Yeah. So the the book is kind of based on these six threats. They're I'll list them real quickly. They're pride, pain, wealth, worries, wants, and not waiting. So I kind of mm-hmm. break all those down practically. And if you can get past those six. Say that again.
0: I'm trying to think about which one would be the toughest
1: for me. Yeah. So I'll give you a one sentence description. Pride yep. is like, I'm hearing the word, but I'm kind of like maybe a teenager in your class who doesn't really want to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of reject. I'm hardened in my heart. That seed's not going to go anywhere. That's pride. Pain is where, ooh, I love it. This this Jesus stuff is great, but then my friends don't like it. Yeah. So I'm excited about the Bible, but, oh, man, we used to drink or we used to smoke or we used to do whatever. And now they're like, oh, man. And they're coming back at you. And so it kind of withers, even though it started good. People don't want to see you change sometimes. Keep going. Exactly. Worries is where, like, I'm so worried about disappointing people that I overcommit. So I say yes to too much. And I'm so busy that I go to church, or I read my Bible, but I don't got time to think about it. I don't got time to put it into practice. Okay. Love your wife. Check. I read that. Have yeah. I got time to love her. Or am I so worried about all these other things that I'm saying yes to too much mm-hmm. wealth, man, sometimes you can get a really good job and make good money, but it costs you a lot of time and energy. So sometimes we take opportunities to make more, but we end up with, with less faith, less maturity. Yeah. Um, once Jesus said, it's the, not the desire for bad things, but the desire for other things. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm really into basketball. Maybe I love this show on Netflix. Maybe I'm always checking the news or just scrolling on Instagram or whatever. And before you know it, I'm like 60 minutes a day, 90 minutes a day, you know, two hours of, of binging on something every single night. And man, I could be a really fruitful Christian loving people sharing my faith, going deep with Jesus. But I just don't got time for that because there's all these other things in my life.
0: Yeah, so many people say, I just need time to relax. I need so, some me time.
1: There it is. <laughs> a little I don't want to think
0: anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. and the last one is not waiting. So seeds don't turn into fruits in a day. So sometimes people are doing the right things and they're like praying, they're reading, they're meditating on God's word, but they're just getting impatient, And they think, I'm not changing fast enough. This isn't working. So they bail on the plan before the harvest has come hmm. So all six of those together, pride, pain, worries, wealth uh, once and not waiting. Those are the six threats that get in the way of great faith. Yeah. And I think I got a little bit of all of them at times, mm. but through
0: different seasons, I guess you should say with, with each one. Yeah. Now, what was the the toughest thing about writing this book? Hold on. How many books have you written?
1: Oh, depends how you count them. This is the really the second big, like kind of 200 page book that I've written. Mm hmm. Uh, Time of Grace has done a lot of smaller books for you know hundred pages. Um, so yeah, maybe twenty books total, but really the second substantial book. Okay. And what was the toughest part about writing this book? Oh man, honestly, yep. This book, honestly. this book is the hardest thing I've ever written. Still talking about it is the hardest thing I've ever had to <laughs> to talk about. I, I I think what it is is that it? it's so complex, the story that Jesus told. It's actually so brilliant. It's really hard to pitch at someone when they say, oh, you're writing a book, what's it about? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to give them the one sentence thing to make them say, dang, I gotta read that. But (laughs) every time I try, I'm like, oh, there's these six threats, but you could have a really great faith and next Sunday could be a game changer. And I kind of get that like token, oh.
0: Oh they give you the dog. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. that's, that's I didn't a, know book, but, but, uh,
1: <laughs> Exactly. Like, well, congratulations they say. So it's been really hard. Uh, it's just such an important story that Jesus told, but there's so much to it. It's really just hard to to pitch at people. I think you have to have patience um to want to hear what Jesus said and kind of work through that and its implications for your life.
0: Yeah. This is the era of I got to have it now though. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. you said you didn't come up with a one line hook hmm. but it's one of those things you just got to read though you just got to read and you you will enjoy it though
1: yeah Um, if if you'd force me i would say if you're going to spend the rest of your life going to church and reading the bible don't waste it right yeah. and jesus told a whole story and it's not for people who skip church it's for people who hear the word and yet it doesn't do great things in their life because they think oh, i'm going to church Check. Like, no, that's not how it works. You don't just throw seeds in the garden and say, sweet, I got tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah. Right, there's birds, there's bugs. You gotta water it, you gotta protect it, you gotta weed it, and it can become something great, but you can't just assume that it will be great. So kind of this book is my attempt of saving people from wasting the next year or five or 10 or 25 of their Christian life just hearing, but never having it become a really great, beautiful faith.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's probably tough because when you get into when you're a Christian, sometimes you're like, well, I'm going to get to heaven. But like, is it going to be the best possible life? Mm. Like, do you want the absolute best? And it's like, well, as long as I make it, I make it. As long as I yeah. get into heaven, I get into heaven. It's like, but yeah. yep. do you get the best. Do you reach your full potential with that? Yeah. All true. right. That makes a lot of sense Tim. Now, is there a way that readers can interact with you? Because that's a big thing now in 2022. They want to interact with the author. Is there some way that people can interact with you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, if they want to just kind of check out some of the contents that I've written, timeofgrace.org is a great place. But probably Instagram is where I, I do a lot of interaction with people. So we have a great team at Time of Grace that helps me with that. And if people have questions or messages or comments about the book or curious about it, at Pastor Mike Novotny on Instagram is probably the best place to go.
0: At Pastor Mike Novotny, or is it just not Novotny?
1: Um At Pastor Mike Novotny.
0: Okay, that makes yeah. sure to get the whole thing there.
1: Yeah, N-O-V-O-T-N-Y. How about you? Okay. Let me throw a question back at you. You know, I kind of pitched, you know, it might be pride. I don't want to hear it or pain. My friends don't like it or worries wealth once. I'm just too busy or not waiting. I'm impatient. When you think about your faith and, you know, you're hearing the word, you're teaching the word as a Christian educator, what do you think, like right now, is most getting in the way of God doing great things in your heart?
0: Um, I think sometimes it's the, the patience to wait. To wait, and especially when you are in a ministry thing like teaching or education, you want to see people grow. Mm. You want to see different things. And when you don't see it, sometimes you don't think it's working. So you get discouraged. And that can affect you and your faith at times. And then I think also just that checking off the box thing, like I did this. Yep, I did this. But am I doing it to the best? Because there are so many different things that you can do. And there's so many different things pulling at you and trying to get your attention or to get your time. So those are probably the two biggest for me yeah i would say
1: yeah that's good actually this isn't part of the book but in researching it there's a lot of people who notice that sometimes where this story appears in the bible it's connected to jesus sending out his disciples so not just you know when you hear the word but if you're a christian teacher or you're a christian or you're a christian pastor like when you're throwing the seed out there mm-hmm. like yeah you got to know some people are going to be like, yeah, whatever. And they're going to reject it out of pride. And you're going to have some people in your classroom who are like, oh, they, I love it. And they're taking notes until their friends put the heat on them. And then it withers. And there's going to be some people that, man, you're doing great work, but you're not going to see it for six months or six years until they come back at you down the road. Like, remember that one thing you said?
0: Yep.
1: You know, have you had that happen as a teacher where like, you didn't even know they were listening, but the seed yep. was going to work.
0: And that's probably the beauty of being, I think I've been in education for like eight, nine years now. I I don't even know how many years, but then you have follow-up conversations like five or six years later. Yeah. And that's like, oh, this is awesome. Like you see how they grow and then they remember certain stuff. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They remember (laughs) things like, all right, like I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah. It's very cool in that aspect.
1: Yeah. I I think the book's and encouragement there for those of us who are trying to share the word with friends or family members, like it might be a small conversation or just a a letter that you write, or a message that you send. But that's kind of the title of the book. You know, God can do really big things through really small beginnings, just like a little seed grows into a full-blown plant. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, would you ever to say, you know what? I'm going to quit preaching. I'm just going to write books. <laughs> no. No. Never do that, huh?
1: Oh, man. No, that'd be terrible. Why? Do you think I'm that bad of a preacher? Is that what this is about? No,
0: I just you just might love being an author that much
1: <laughs> i do i do i really do love writing oh man uh, it, if anyone's read any of the stuff that i've written i'm not assuming they have but I, I feel like 15% of my books are experiences i have from being with people you know so sitting in an office and like reading the bible and writing a book about it i just don't think it would be it wouldn't be that helpful unless you're like mm-hmm. doing life with people and seeing hey where have i seen Where have I seen someone young be super excited about faith and then their friends like just withered it up? Like that kind of stuff makes the book. So I think it's through ministry and people time and preaching that books really get a a realistic flavor to them. You you can't be simplistic when you spend time with real people.
0: Yeah, you got to really live life. Yeah. Not just be sitting behind a screen or.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's easy to give advice, Makes right? Sense. Like, just don't, well, just don't do this. And here's what the Bible says to protect the seed. But then like when you've been in the trenches of people, you're like, ah, oh, this is hard.
0: How you much, know? how much did you throw yourself and your family? Or you have daughters, right? I do. How much did you throw them into the book in a way? Like <laughs> kind of thinking about them and you're writing like, all right, they better read this. One.
1: Oh man. There's a huge part there that was legit. I've, my wife and I, we don't argue much, but when you talk about the busyness of life, Mm -hmm. like having so many good things that you just end up a little bit choked and stressed and rushed, there's a big section of the book where I actually talk about kids sports in America right now, you know, where there are so many families (sighs) who are like, maybe you hear the word, you probably miss half the church services because of your Sunday tournaments but you're squeezing it in like we just felt that our, our our daughters you know like to play sports they're not super high level but even at like mid-level club sports it's super nuts like how can you be fruitful and mature and living at peace and with joy when you're running to practice you're zipping through the drive-through you're going to school during the week and then you're running around all weekend so there, yeah there's a there's a legit section that came out of serious tension in my own home as I wrestle with what it looks like to be fruitful for Jesus in the culture that we live in.
0: That's that taxi chauffeur life. Hmm. You gotta run your kids all over Alpleton, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. You are one of those crazy dads in the stands
1: though, are you? <laughs> no, I'm the opposite of that. I'm okay. I good. just bring up a, a book with me about the Bible and I'm, I'm reading it.
0: You're <laughs> just like, hey, hey coach, can I talk to you
1: real quick? I gotta talk <laughs> no, to you. No, second. no, no, right. that's, that's not me. All right, good, good. Yeah. Are you that guy? Do you get fired up on the sidelines?
0: No, I'm actually pretty calm usually because the head coach is usually pretty um, intense. So we uh-huh. can't have two people going crazy. I think on the sideline, so usually I need to be a little more chill.
1: He he throws the the chair on the basketball court, and you go get no, it. No, he doesn't throw the chair.
0: <laughs> Maybe a marker though.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, brother Mike, for coming on here and telling us about your book. Go ahead and give the details one more time so people know what to do, how to purchase it, when it's coming out, the ho shebang. Yep,
1: June 14th, 2022, go to Amazon. Once again, the title is What's Big, Start Small. And CL, that's the end of this episode. So do you know what I've been waiting a whole year to say after listening to your podcasts?
0: I can guess, I can guess, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and do it.
1: Is it about Cocoa Krispies? I forget, what is it?
0: Peace Punch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Peace Punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to no to drugs and yes to Jesus. It sounds better when you say it.
0: Peace, punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. We are out.